Hello and welcome to the Fidelity Next podcast, a podcast for post-secondary students brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada, where you'll be provided with the tools you need to navigate your impending careers successfully in today's landscape. Today's show is focused on a career in sales at Fidelity Investments Canada and why it might be the right fit for you. Host Emily Ananuevo is joined by Catherine Black and Patrick Farkas, managers of the regional sales teams in our Calgary and Vancouver sales offices, respectively. They'll be sharing their career paths, as well as Fidelity's current openings for new graduates, which includes our unique sales program and award-winning development program. As you'll hear from Patrick, the advisor sales team at Fidelity is essentially the financial advisor's advisor. So, is a career in sales at Fidelity the path for you? Stay tuned to find out. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada ULC or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments. Now, before we dive into the world of advisor sales at Fidelity, I was wondering if you could both share a bit about your journeys into the company. Catherine, I'll start with you. You've been with Fidelity for over seven years, I believe. What job experiences did you have before joining the company and how did you find out about Fidelity? Absolutely. Thanks, Emily. So my career actually started uh, in banking, being a teller at HSBC through my summer terms when I was in university. I went to school out east at McGill um, and I would come home every year and work as a teller there and really just learn the ins and outs of the financial services uh, aspect. and really drew towards uh, the customer relationship and really enjoyed that. Um, so down the road, I actually ended up joining RBC Dominion Securities, which was on the wealth management side, who are actually clients of Fidelity's now. Um, and it's really where I got exposed to Fidelity as a mutual fund manufacturer uh, and really started exploring the world of sales and wholesaling on that side. And that's how I got exposure and ended up uh, therefore applying and uh, joining the team as a, a business development manager back in 2013. That's amazing. So you started off in the East Coast and, and, and now you're West Coast. Well, Calgary, that's, that's enough West, right? I was so. a Saskatchewan girl that grew up at, just outside of Regina and moved to Montreal and then to Calgary. So yes, been kind of all over. All over country. Awesome. Now, Patrick, similar question to you. How did you get your start at Fidelity and were you always interested in sales in the financial world? Yes, actually, I have a bit of a similar story to Catherine going the East Coast to West Coast. But um, yeah. in, in high school, I completed a, credit, uh, a co-op at a credit union. And I realized that I wanted to do something in finance. I was interested in the markets, but I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. But um, how I got started at Fidelity, after I graduated from Bishop's University in Quebec, um, I hopped in a van, drove from uh, Sherbrooke, Quebec to Vancouver uh, for my now fiance. And work, so that's all great. And uh, I had never been to Vancouver before. And so what I did, I went to Bishop's Alumni um, Charity Events in Vancouver. And through an alumni, I discovered what Fidelity was. Um, sounded really interesting. I applied. A few months later, I started off as a sales coordinator, as, as a business development associate, it's now called, 
which was entry level at the time. A year later, was promoted to business development manager, and a few years later, I promoted. I was promoted to my current role as manager of regional sales for Vancouver. Fantastic. I mean, thank you for sharing both your stories just briefly there, because we field a lot of questions from students on a number of things. How do you get a job at Fidelity? What kind of experience do you need uh, to work in financial services and and all that? And um, it's great to hear both your stories on how you got started. Let's go into the topic about our unique advisor sales program. Patrick, I want to start with you. Can you just first off break it down? What is advisor sales and what does this area of sales involve? Yes. So advisor sales at Fidelity is an interesting area. Um, we are essentially the financial advisors advisor. So we work with financial advisors from RBC, TD, uh, Manulite, credit unions, um, just as an example, uh, to figure out how different uh, investment solutions can fit um, an investor's portfolio. So you can think of Fidelity, you can think of advisor sales as as the servers and master sommeliers uh, of a high-end restaurant. Uh, so bear with me. So, <laughs> you know, we deliver the products and, and help the clients pick the right items on the menu, um, if that menu had over 300 items. Uh, and so if a client says, I'm looking for a dry red, you need to know that you know, Global Innovators is, is the perfect fit. Um, and you need to make sure that you're giving them what they want, but also uncovering their needs and providing pairings. Um, so maybe they didn't initially realize, initially realize they felt a little naughty wanted to order a port with that chocolate lava. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, to continue on this, <laughs> if you give them a Merlot, um, they ask for a Medbeck. Uh, they're not going to come back. Uh, our clients have uh, delicate and refined palates um, and expect the highest quality um, services and products. So I hope that made sense. That made perfect sense. And you're speaking my language, Patrick, when you talk about wine. So I love it. Love those uh, analogies. Catherine, if I could turn it to you, there are so many opportunities and positions within advisor sales. Um, but can you go over the different types of roles and, and what it involves? Yeah, advisor sales is very unique in the sense that we are very structured and laid out uh, as to the career path that we have for our team when they join us here at Fidelity. Um, so most people, and especially students, are always curious as to how do I get started? You know, where's the beginning entry point? And that's really with our business development representative program. Um, so what we did is we developed this program back in 2017, and it was really to build a foundation and have people come into the firm provide them with the opportunity to learn our processes, learn our back office, um, start getting exposure to funds, because as Patrick just mentioned, when you have over 300, it's very daunting, um, and get exposed to the sales team. And so it's really our entry level point uh, that we do have. But then from there, we have a very prescriptive and laid out pathway for our sales team, if that's the road that they choose to continue to go down. Um, so from there, we then promote into our business development associate role, uh, which is then assigned to a team. Um, so we have 56 teams nationally across the country uh, that are all broken out. So out of Calgary, we have nine, and out of BC, we have nine teams. Uh, and they join one of these teams to cover a certain geography and service advisors, as uh, Patrick had mentioned. The next step up is the business development manager role. This is really where uh, you're in charge of internal calls and prospecting and assisting clients uh, more over the phone or through emails or now through Zooms and webinars 
Uh, and then we have finally the final progression, which is the district vice president role. Uh, and that's where you're out, I mean, before COVID, um, out meeting with our wholesalers face or meeting with our clients face to face. Now they do the Zoom thing. Uh, and we hope to get back to a new normal. Um, but they're really the ownership of the relationship. They're the ones that you know are learning everything about our clients, how they run their business, and how we can complement and partner with them. So that's kind of the long-winded rundown of our sales process, but um, very prescriptive, like I said, and very exciting because there's lots of training opportunities along the way, um, lots of education, lots of growth as well. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Catherine. I mean, you said prescriptive and it is structured, but you have that solid foundation and within that so much support and training. And that's what makes our program so unique, right? In the, in the fact that you have all the training and the skills and the mentors. I mean, that's a, that's a huge advantage, right? Absolutely. And every role builds on the last so that's why we have it structured the way we do is you take what you've learned and you apply it to your next role and then you gain more knowledge um so it's really exciting especially as you see people move through uh the organization and through uh, the sales channel and really continue to advance their careers and build their knowledge base um, build their exposure uh, build their relationships uh, skills along the way um, so it's a really excellent process that is very unique to uh, what we have to offer on the street. And Patrick, just like uh, Catherine mentioned, our program is very unique. It differs from other programs at other financial firms. There's something, you know, really cool about how we operate. And if just drawing from your personal experiences from working at Fidelity, can you just elaborate on all this? Absolutely. So uh, Catherine spoke on a few key things I would just like to speak a bit more on. Um, so when you think about what makes us unique, I think the, the first thing that comes to mind is that we only promote from within. So everyone starts entry level, just as I did. Um, and we only use our pool of entry level coworkers for promotion. And this is very unique to us, ends up creating that clear progression that, that Catherine just outlined. Um, and also was, was spoken about is our training program. Uh, I can, I can, I can say, uh, Hands down, it's the best on the street. I can confidently say that. Uh, we're a private firm. We can think long-term. And so we can, and that's really why we invest in in, in the employees. So, um, you know, you get a huge variety of training uh, as you progress through various roles. And, you know, everything from uh, speed reading, the presentation skills, uh, etiquette training, uh, you get a body language coach, um, I even had, uh, when I was a business development manager, I had a, a image consultant fly out to Vancouver and review my whole wardrobe, which was awesome. Um, and so you're know, learning all these different things if it's like body language and, and these are, this is training um, that provides you with skills that you can really use in, in all of life's aspects. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm glad you touched upon those, those things. You know, people might be hesitant about stepping into a career in sales because they may not think that they have all those skills. But uh, like I said, they could be taught and they can be learned, right? And this is the thing about our program. We, we provide you with it, all that. Everything's taught, right? Like I think, you know, one thing that I was really nervous on when I, when I first started at Fidelity was, um, you know, am I going to pick up all these skills? Am I going to learn quick enough? Do I have enough experience? Um, was a big question I had, and uh, and you know you, you start to realize that actually almost everything can be taught. You're given a ton of support, a ton of resources, um, and almost all skills can be taught. So 
Uh, one example is, I think it was my second week at Fidelity. Um, okay. I was hosting a, a Taylor Swift box uh, with my teammates, uh, with some advisors. Uh, so uh, some perks of the job. And um, I was watching my teammate who's been at Fidelity for a long time and just watching him work the room, um, interact with advisors, you know, getting people who weren't really interacting to interact with everyone, just getting everyone involved is just so impressive and, and just bringing life to the room. I was just going to chime in and say, um, I think there's a real misconception too out there where a lot of people think to be in sales or to be in the financial services industry, you have to have banking background or you have to have a finance degree. And that's not the case at all. I've hired everything from kinesiologists to geologists to engineers um, to you name it. Um, and, and it's really just about wanting to have that aptitude to learn, to grow, um, and to really have a curiosity about what we do in financial services, um, wealth management, and the market. So it's not a limited industry. It's quite open. Uh, and I think sometimes people don't necessarily understand that. Yeah, yeah. no, that's a fantastic point. And, and Patrick, that was your point of the story, right? I mean, you saw your teammate doing that and mm -hmm. said, okay, oh, yeah. I don't know if I could do that, but eventually you did. Is this a skill that you're born with? You know, like, is this just being super social and that? But no, it's actually a skill you develop over time and, and how to interact with clients and creating relationships. And um, and again, to Catherine's point too, you don't have to have, you know, an amazing background in markets and all that. You know, we have some of our, our best sales people, you know, coming from different backgrounds, if it's English majors, coming from acting, coming from a whole bunch of uh, areas. And, you know, so, uh, but yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was, that was really the point of my story, Melly, is, you know, I saw this, I'm like, oh my goodness, can I do this someday? Um, mm -hmm. And and you realize actually over a few years, actually, yeah, you can't really master anything and you're given all the support you need to. That's great. Catherine, I'm gonna turn it back to you because you obviously interact with a lot of new hires and employees. So from your perspective, what are you looking for in a potential sales candidate? Absolutely. Going back to my previous comments, it's not as easy as saying, you know, here are five things. If you have, you're going to be great. Uh, it's very open-ended, but we do have some common, you know, characteristics that uh, we do see amongst our salespeople, even though they are so very different. Um, and some of those would be, you know, the top one being resiliency. So in any sales role, regardless if it's financial industries or another industry, um, you're going to hear no. That's just the reality of what we do. Um, but it's how do you bounce back? How do you continue moving forward? And so that's a big piece of it. Uh, Curiosity is one. Uh, Self-driver and being an ambitious person uh, and a self-starter are key points. We always look at these as kind of like running your own small business. Uh, so having that entrepreneurial spirit is a huge one. Uh, communication would be a huge, uh, is a huge asset, I should say. Being able to reinvent yourself constantly. So when the market changes, how do you pivot? How do you change up the way that you're perhaps dealing with certain types of advisors, depending on, you know, where they're at at their career point or their client base? And leadership skills are obviously a huge part of that as well. So those would just be some examples of things that we typically look for when we're hiring. Amazing. Is the sales development program available across the country? Where does Fidelity have offices and has working changed at all during the pandemic? Because we are speaking to you too from Calgary and Vancouver. Catherine, if you want to take that question. Sure. So we do have offices across the country. Um, we have four. So we have Vancouver, Calgary, where Patrick and I are both located. Uh, we have Toronto, which is our head office. And then we also do have a Montreal regional office. So 
sales is primarily based out of Montreal, Calgary, Vancouver, and Toronto, so all four. So that development program does run across the country. Um, but maybe just echoing on how things have changed is we've obviously moved virtual like everyone else. So when we used to do in-person training, it's now done over Zoom. And so we've had to adapt the way that we uh, connect with our own people, right? In just um, learning, you know, what's the amount of time that you can have people's attention for? Um, how do we best communicate with our advisors? So whether it's through webinars, um, Zoom meetings, you name it, it's been a huge transition for everyone, but everyone's in, you know, a similar situation. So the pros of it have been, you know, enhanced efficiency, uh, new reaches of communication, more portfolio manager exposure than ever. So there's been a lot of great things that have come from this new virtual world around access. And I think around um, just meeting the needs of everyone's crazy lives that has been really exciting. Starting in sales development, how would you start learning? And what would you do in the role, I guess, when you first start? There's so much to learn. And I always tell people to start not to worry about, you know, it might be a little overwhelming. You realize, okay, Fidelity has over 300 ETFs, mutual funds, liquid alternatives. Um, you know, you have to master all these different roles. Uh, eventually, when you become a business development associate, you're working in a team of three where you're covering six to 800 financial advisors. So all this can seem, uh, you know, a little scarier. It seems like a lot, but everything is taught to you very, like very gradually. So your first week, you're doing shadowing, you're meeting your teammates, um, everyone in the office, you know, virtual office now, and uh, learning how to do all the time. Everything's slowly taught. Um, our training program, like I mentioned, is amazing. So you have several phases. You learn everything. Um, and one thing too, in in, in in training, it's it's if there's anything that you personally need to work on as well, um, that you feel like you need to improve even after training or other things, is that we're uh, it's very easy to reach out to other people in other departments, um, and also we're a very flat hierarchy, so it's really easy to reach out to uh, maybe you know uh, someone in, in like a manager, or someone a little more senior, higher up, and um, who's maybe in product or product analyst or in the ETF team or um, other people in sales. So, you know, you can easily reach out to strategists or business development uh, managers or district vice presidents. It's ever, it's a very, very flat hierarchy for being such a, a big firm. It's really easy to communicate with other people in other departments. So it's, uh, it seems like a lot, but um, yeah, it, it, it's very easy to connect with people. To expand on Fidelity's commitment to learning and development, Sure. So I'm going to assume commitment is an ongoing commitment to uh, anyone new coming into the firm. But um, I will say, in my experience of working for other financial services companies, uh, there's never been as much attention uh, and um, generosity, if you will, uh, put towards new employees and existing employees to continue their growth. So the firm is constantly looking at what skill sets, you know, do we need to be successful? Um, who are the best vendors in every space? So, you know, we bring in people from um, Columbia University, Kellogg University, um, experts all over the city of Toronto and other places across Canada. So the quality is unmatched and unparalleled. And it has been a commitment that's been ongoing since I started at the firm, which was almost eight years ago. And so it's not going anywhere. And it's something that we continue to, um, you know, reevaluate and expand on and enhance. And 
really ensure that it's hitting the mark and giving people exactly what they need. Uh, and like we said, even though say you eventually are at the district vice president level, it doesn't mean you're ever done learning or ever done training. Um, there's different strategies and different you know, options that we provide to them um, through many different forms to continue that learning and to continue that own personal growth. You've laid out all the different roles that you go through during the advisor sales program. I'm curious to know, you know, what, what advice do you have for, for students, um, for new grads to make themselves stand out in each role? You know, on paper, you see what you have to do, but is there anything extra that they can do to make them successful in those roles? It's true. So we have a large sales team and, you know, with that, there's a lot of people. And so it's how do you differentiate yourself amongst your peers? And a huge piece of that is, um, in my eyes, proactiveness. So, you know, like you said, you have your job, you know what you're supposed to do, but it's those that go above and beyond. It's those that have a curiosity in learning about whatever may interest them. So whether that's, you know, other departments or functionings of the firm, maybe there's um, market education they want to, you know, enhance or learn about or dip their toe into, um, whether that's being a leader within our office or within the company, um, you know, spearheading new initiatives or bringing new ideas to the table. Those are always things that Fidelity is super supportive of and always craving and looking to, you know, our sales team specifically to generate because we're the ones out on the street, we're the ones interacting with clients. Um, and really understanding where the needs may be and ensuring that we have something to fulfill those. So, you know, that's probably a loaded answer, but it, it, there's not one specific thing. It's uh, very all encompassing. And it's really just back to that proactiveness. We just love people that um, want to do more. I was going to say something very similar to Catherine. And I think it's just being proactive and, and also just networking. Like you're, you're at a firm where it's really easy to reach out to other departments it's just get that exposure um right before COVID, i had the chance to have dinner with my bosses 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 boss i believe um so pretty amazing um for other past places i worked at definitely that would be impossible to do um mm. so that ability to meet with people from all across the organization um get that exposure everyone's so open to meeting um you can meet people significantly, you know, kind of higher up in the uh, in advisor sales department. Um, I think that's so key. Um, and, and just, you know, just being curious, um, having a continuous, uh, uh, you, know, you want to continuously learn and just having that. Um, but I think just being ambitious too, like uh, uh, making that clear, trying to see what else you can take on being proactive. And, and it's at Fidelity, our structure is because we only promote from within, we're looking for ambitious people, like Catherine mentioned, key things to look for, because you wanna, you know, we're not looking at someone as, are they gonna be an amazing business development representative um, at Fidelity for the next, you know, 10 years? Or we're not looking, is this gonna, are we hiring this person to be an amazing business development associate forever? We're, we're thinking, is this person gonna be our next um, you know, district vice president, superstar, next amazing strategist, or, you know, whatever that role is. How do you balance the work life, achieve that work life balance at Fidelity? We're obviously all busy and the sales program seems, you know, um, very jam packed. So how do you guys um, balance that? So it kind of depends on, on different roles on how we would address that. But um, for most of the sales roles, like a business development associate, business development manager, district vice president, when you're in a team um, and you're covering that territory, 600 advisors 
you're given a lot of independence. It's you're you're basically running your own business, um, and you have a ton, you have a lot of freedom on how you go about managing that territory and those relationships. So <clears throat> you do have really have that ability to to manage that work life balance yourself. But I think um, it's just it's just always think about you know, setting up a structure that's sustainable to you. So um, so before COVID happened, when I had it, my, my, my last territory I covered, um, one thing I started off was doing a ton of events um, and client interactions that were very popular with the previous teams. So um, doing a lot of you know, hockey games, doing a lot of, uh, you know, like it's golfing and like steak dinners, things like that. And those were like the really popular ones to do with clients. Um, you know, I'm sorry if I offend anyone, but I'm not a big fan of hockey. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a ter I'm a terrible golfer, and so all these things, you know, it, it, it kind of mentally wear you down a bit more. Um, mm -hmm. And so then I realized, oh, because it's been done a certain way, it doesn't have to keep being done, a, continue being done a certain way. So it's kind of like Catherine's point: you want to be able to constantly reinvent yourself. Where um, what helps me in my work life balance is doing more things that I enjoy and that's sustainable to me. And so I love doing, you know, I did a ton of um, paint nights. You like rent out a restaurant, you have a an artist and you show you how to paint. So I did a ton of paint nights. I did uh, a lot of cooking classes, like you know, mixology class, things like that, where um, you know, I could do that every night of the week and I would show up the next day at work and feel refreshed where, you know, if I did a big steak dinner and after I did like a hockey game, um, come back after I, I just feel exhausted the next day. You have to keep your hobbies up, your personal hobbies up. You know, that's what it sounds like. It can't all be work. Obviously we it, try not to do that, right? Exactly, Emily, and actually that kind of leads into the other point too I'd have is, is just make sure that you have uh, your own hobbies and interests outside of work. Um, so just be, just have something that you're passionate about or have some other interests that can really help you disconnect um, and, and connect, change that mindset and give you perspective. So you know if that's, um, <laughs> whatever that might be, if you like playing chess or you like to run marathons or, you know, that could be a huge variety of things, but, but have other, have other passions. Absolutely. And Catherine, I want to pose the last question to you as we wrap up. For those who might be hesitant about starting a career in sales, you know, what would you briefly say to them about taking that first step? Don't be even don't be nervous. Don't be scared. It's uh, it's not worth being feared. Um, I think sales gets a really bad rep and, uh, you know, there's a negative connotation associated with that word specifically. Um, and it took me a while to realize that, too. And, you know, it's it can sound a little pushy, assertive, aggressive, that kind of thing. Um, when really it's not like I would equate, equate it to if you love dealing with people, if you love building relationships, um, if you have an interest in the financial markets, you know, um, if that curiosity is there, this is a place you could absolutely love. And so that sales word might be a bit scary, but it's not. It's about relationship building. It's about you know, being interested in others, assist, like finding new ways that you can partner and assist them and just really work together to find a common goal and to, um, you know, at the end of the day, help the advisor, help their investors. And it's a really rewarding field if that's something that makes you tick. Catherine, Patrick, I want to thank you so much for taking time today to speak about the world of advisor sales at Fidelity. Such insightful and valuable information. So I thank you both. Thanks so much for having us, Emily. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Next podcast, brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada. 
You can visit fidelity.ca for details on future live webcasts, follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcasts on your podcast platform of choice. 